I'm loving this. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to this edition of Morgan Yass for football season's getting closer. The Jets right now are coming back on the Falcons. Just scored a touchdown here Monday night, August 22nd. You know, school starting for most people tomorrow. Good luck to all those people. Tonight's going to be NFL focused. You know, we're, we're lots of episodes in. I think this is like episode 166. Thank you to those of you that have listened all the way throughout. Uh, welcome to new listeners. You know, rate, review, subscribe, whatever you need to do to help make this uh, podcast get a little bit bigger. It has gotten bigger. We're getting a few more hits here, Trevor. I've, I've noticed um, about 10 more listens. We're getting, you know, around 50 or so listens an episode now. So that's good. We were right around 40. Um, you know, about six months ago. So, you know, we got about 10 more people here. So that's good. Thank you for uh, tuning in to those people. Um, but just kind of keep spreading it out. Um, we're right in our wheelhouse. You know, we talk about other sports, but we are, you know, a football craze podcast and, and football topic. And this week, uh, we're going to do NFL. Uh, you know, last week was kind of our college preview. We are, you know, six days away. It, college season does start on Saturday. I think there are 11 FBS games uh, headlined by Nebraska and Northwestern in Ireland, along with some others. Uh, but this week is going to be NFL focused. Um, kind of some of the things we're going to talk about Watson suspension, Baker's name to starter. Brady came back today, uh, some standouts. And then uh, Trevor wants to talk a little bit about hard knocks and a few other topics here, but again, welcome Trev. Uh, looks like you're at home tonight. Are you home? I'm at home tonight. Going to be home most of this week and then kind of back out on the road uh, the rest of uh, next month, I should say. So that that's kind of cool to hear that we got more uh, listeners. I didn't know how many we were getting per week or per episode or whatever, but uh, go from 40 to 50 is a, a positive sign. So that's cool that you can track that and see all that. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Uh, you know, one thing, uh, I did today, or I don't know if it's already been on there. Maybe some of you already listened, but Amazon Music, I think, has uh, added us. Um, I was I was doing some just tinking around with it today. I was at school, and uh, I think we're on Amazon Music now. So if you go to the podcast on Amazon Music, you can find us, Morgan Yass for. Um, so I think that's another platform that if people want to listen to, they can. So uh, we're getting more and more, and that's a good thing. So you're saying we can retire in about five years or less? Uh, or no, I think <laughs> I think we've made like two hundred and fifty dollars in a little over two years, Trevor. Oh, it's better than nothing. Well, it is, and and my mom gives us ten dollars a month, so it's not. It's it's my mom. <laughs> well, see, there you go. You yeah. got that ten dollars a month allowance. Now you got to buy. Yeah. You got to update your equipment and all that with right. that allowance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's we're we're not getting rich by any means, and that's okay. We do it for fun and. Uh, it, it, it brings uh, a little, little talk to our chat and stuff a little bit at times. It's kind of fun. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's meant to be for fun. You and I both enjoy football and college and NFL is basically here. So it's our, uh, our favorite time of the year and the dead time of summer is now basically over. Absolutely. We're, we're, we're full time now. Uh, I got to go to work, uh, tomorrow full time, uh, teaching and, and, and coaching golf and, and football full time. So. You know, we'll be uh, once a week, at least once a week here going forward. Uh, usually we try to do uh, Sunday or Monday night. Just always depends a little bit on our schedules, but always try to do Sunday or Monday nights. All right, Trev. So what do you think? Um, first topic, um, obviously the big talk of the NFL is the Watson suspension. Uh, started out um, – the arbitrator came in six games, 
no fine and just you know what did you what did you think of that the first time you heard that the original suspension of six games and no fine i thought was not enough but as some people online on the football site that i get on they they brought up a good point too they said you know if this has been thrown out twice by a grand juror um if there's you know if he's not found guilty on anything then why should why should he even be suspended one single game? Now, a lot of people took offense to that. And I get the point. I get why people get so frustrated because it's a sensitive topic. But I, I did understand their point of if he's not found guilty, why should he be suspended at all? That, at that, is, time, that is my biggest thing. And I, sorry to interrupt you there, Trev, but I agree. I think he needs to be suspended some. I think it's kind of weird. Um, I don't know, creepy. Something's a miss about this, but there is a reason why they are not finding him guilty of any crimes, you know? So, so it's not, I don't know what's going on in, in those rooms and, and everything. It's just, I mean, I know this is very vague, but this is very weird, mm -hmm. but if he really was doing stuff super wrong, they, they would have found him guilty of something. And, and, and they're not wrong in saying, He's been, they put him up on the grand jury and, and they have found him guilty of nothing in the court of law. Yeah, it's a tricky situation. And then, you know, Roger Goodell, by all accounts, was was pretty ticked off with her ruling. So they went back with the NFLPA. Mm -hmm. They came up with the 11 game. That's where they met in the middle, 5 yep. million bucks. There is, there's some people online that have been saying for a while that, uh, before all this even, that they don't think Watson will ever play another down the NFL. Now, this is where the tinfoil hats come on a little bit, but he has to serve the suspension and pay the fine, but he also right. has to go through uh, a therapy or counseling session, an evaluation, and the evaluator, the therapist has to approve him to be cleared to play. And there are people thinking that Roger Goodell is going to tell this uh, therapist or whoever to not clear him. Now, obviously, I'm, I'm sure that would be illegal to do yeah. that. But that's where the tinfoil hat part comes in. Right. And, you know, the NFL is all about protecting the shield and all that. So it's not yeah. the craziest little theory I've ever heard. No, it's but not. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, he has to he has to stay away from the team facilities for, for so long. I think in October he can return to uh, to the building. But, yeah, 11 games, 5 million bucks. It's better than the original. I'm glad I'm not the one that had to make the decision if I was. I probably was spending for the whole season, but you do have the NFLPA involved too. So it's easier said than done. Yeah. It's a neg negotiation and, you know, and, and there's things that the NFL knows and the players association knows and the lawyers and they know that we don't know, you know, so, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to protect the shield. I, I 1000% agree with that. But, you know, he's not been found guilty of anything. And, and the, one of the things that, that I thought the lady that put the original um, suspension in said the lack of suspensions and fines for people similar in previous events. <laughs> and, you know, one thing that I... I you know, everybody's saying, well, why does the receiver get suspended for a year for gambling? But Deshaun Watson, who overall gambling is legal in most states and doesn't hurt anybody. Deshaun Watson is, a, I mean, I'm just going to say a, a creep or and is doing things to people that make them uncomfortable, whatever he's actually doing. And he only gets six games, now 11 games. Why is gambling so much harder of a suspension than this? And my argument would be that is truly protecting the shield because if it is found out that people are gambling on their own games while they're playing, that is the, the integrity of sport. And that will make the NFL crumble if it's found that that is happening. Sure. Someone, someone being a creep, and not doing the right things as a human being, that will not kill the NFL. It's not right. It's wrong. It's probably worse. 
but that will not ruin the NFL. But if it is found that people are gambling on it and affecting the outcomes and it's not true sport, that will ruin sport and ruin the NFL. That is why the gambling is such a big deal in all sports. Sure. I mean, the whole gambling thing on the surface, when a guy gets suspended an entire year for gambling, like 2000 bucks, whatever it was, it seems pretty silly compared to Deshaun Watson. But like you said, I, I don't think Calvin Ridley was throwing games by any means. He wasn't even playing. He actually took a leave of absence. So, but in a lot of cases, they're trying to protect the integrity of the game. And that may sound kind of uh, uh, not nice compared to what Deshaun's being accused of. And we're not trying to say that gambling is, is anywhere on that level, but your point stands. They're trying to protect the integrity of the game. Watson is probably a creep, probably a weirdo, all those things, but he hasn't been proven guilty. So, There was no good – there was really no good outcome with this. Uh, Like I said, I'm glad I'm not the one that had to make the decision, even though I would like to get paid what Roger Goodell gets paid. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) But there there, there was no – you're damned if you do, damned if you don't type of deal. Uh, I think the NFL is glad to have it over with. And then, you know, I know we didn't have this written down, but 24 hours after that six-game suspension, uh, they came out with the the Dolphins owner getting – getting fined, draft picks, and all that for potentially uh, not gambling, but throwing games in a way. Again, the integrity right. of the game. Right. And, and you know, they found – they fined him for tampering and stuff like that. But that was – they couldn't necessarily prove it, but essentially that suspension and that fine is for tanking. You know, they, they found a way around it instead of just saying, you know, I think they found that Brian Flores was correct and – they wanted him to lose football games, but they couldn't necessarily prove it. So they found another way to get to the owner and suspending him and finding him and everything. But I think that was all about tanking, um, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. So the NFL, it, <laughs> it seems like some stuff they get right. It seems like some stuff they get way wrong. And that's probably the way it's going to be, but it's still the most popular sport here in America and it's going to continue to be. So yeah, I, the Watson situation, I'm kind of glad it's over with. Not that it's going to go away. It's going to be in the news for the rest of his career. He's going to have to answer for it on a daily basis, but we do have a resolution and whether people are happy with it or not, it's, you know, we're moving forward, I guess. And and, and how, how do you feel about this? How, how do you feel about him playing? last week and playing in the preseason, you know, he's suspended, but he can do everything in the preseason. And then he has to walk away when the season starts. I understand it, but it's just, it's just a bad look. It's a little weird. And, you know, by the time the suspension's over, he's, he's going to go almost not quite, but almost three seasons without playing. Right. Besides a preseason game. Um, I, I don't know if he's ever, I mean, you go that two and a half years, call it you go that long without playing NFL football. I, I don't know if this is going to ever turn out good for the Browns. My, my prediction is it's not uh, there. They'll, they'll win some games. I'm sure maybe make the playoffs a couple times, but I, I have a tough time seeing him ever. He's young. So, I mean, there is a chance, but with all this drama missing all this time and given the Browns history, I, I just don't see this ever working out long-term with the money uh, that they paid. I don't either. And I, I just don't understand all the guarantee, the guaranteed money. I mean, we've had this conversation before. I just don't understand the Browns and even, and what they're, how, how does, and everything I get that this coach is a good guy and does things the right way. And the GM, how do they stand up and say, this is, they're doing the right things. I just don't get it. And, and, you know, and maybe this is just a little bit petty or whatever, but I, I just don't understand how they can justify that much guaranteed money. Now, I don't necessarily disagree with signing him and trading for him, but to give him that kind of guaranteed money. And I mean, I, I would even say a huge incentive laden, laden contract where he had to earn it. He has to play. But, you know, what they did is essentially – his contract doesn't even start till next year because they knew that he was going to get suspended and wouldn't have that he wouldn't make any money this year anyway. 
So he's not even supposed to make very much money this year. It's going to kick in in a couple of years. I don't think the head coach, Kevin Stefanski, or Andrew Barry, the GM, this was not their call. This was Jimmy Haslam, uh, 100%. So I, I don't think they had any say on this, but they have to go to the podium and pretend, put on the face, that they're in support of it. But I do not think that either of them were behind the fully guaranteed contract. Andrew Barry is one of the young and up-and-coming GMs in the league. I don't think he had any say on this from all rumors. This was purely Jimmy Haslam. Uh, Deshaun Watson, by all accounts, is either going to go to the Falcons or the Saints. And the only reason that he went back to the Browns is because they offered him that fully contract, fully guaranteed contract. So right. this is purely a Jimmy Haslam uh, decision, in my opinion. And the Browns, besides a couple of years lately, the last 25 years, they're one of the worst run franchises in all of sports. Oh, I, I agree. And I, I just... It's just a bad look with the with the mon- amount of money and yeah, I don't get it, but that's why I'm not there and and they are. Yep. So I again, I I think the head coach and GM, uh, they might have been intrigued about getting Deshaun Watson, but when they go up to the podium, I think they're just putting on a show. This was this was a Jimmy Haslam down decision. Yeah, and, and they have to. I mean, they're they're paid a lot of money and uh, they they have a job to do as well, and and it's just the way it is. I yep. think that's enough on Watson. Uh, next on our list here, uh, Baker Mayfield, speaking of the Browns, uh, name the starter in Carolina. That does not surprise me at all. <clears throat> I truly think he got a little bit of a bad rap in Cleveland. Baker Mayfield is who he is. He was like that at Texas Tech. He was like that at Oklahoma. And he was like that in Cleveland his entire time. Uh, he He's... He's a different cat, but he's really good, and it does not surprise me that he's starting over Sam Darnold. Same here. I, I would have been more surprised if he if he wasn't named a starter. Uh, we, we've talked about on here before, Baker's biggest strength is also one of his biggest weaknesses. Yep. It's him versus the world. And I think what he's got to learn is his teammates and his coaches, like those are supposed to be your buddies, like your teammates. Yes, NFL is a business, but those guys are still supposed to be your friends and like lifelong connections. So try to cut down on me versus the world type of thing. Right. Um, and this was weeks ago, but it was one of the first practices. He and Sam Darnold walking out of the training facility out to the practice field. And it was a short little clip and they were both laughing and joking around. And I just remember thinking it's probably been about eight or 10 months since we've seen anything positive about Baker. Right. Like in the sports media. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to make this a, feel bad for Baker. He's made millions of dollars on and off the field. But as, as far as just pure football goes, it was, it was kind of nice to see him happy and smiling, like get along with your teammates, get along with your coaches. They want to be your friend, most of them. Uh, and this, this could be a, a good little opportunity for him to have a bounce back to his career. I agree. I mean, I, I just think, you know, obviously Cleveland had moved on from him. And no one was happy. He had to move on, and I hope he, I hope it works out for him. I, I like him. It'd be interesting to see uh, his new commercials. Obviously, he's not going to have the Cleveland Stadium and and all that. I'll be interested to see if that continues and, and what they do with uh, in North Carolina there. Yeah, I mean David Tepper, uh, the owner of the of the Panthers, they're talking about building a new stadium somewhere, a new facility. So maybe him and his wife will go out to some open field and talk about their plans in a commercial or something. Right. Uh, but uh, no, with Baker, I the last little thing here is I most people think the, the Panthers are going to be pretty bad this year. I think they have some good pieces on offense. They got Christian McCaffrey, Chubbard at running back, good one two punch, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. Uh, a lot of teams would like to have those two guys, uh, your Bears included, Packers, yeah. <laughs> Patriots. They don't have any receivers really outside of maybe one guy. So there are some, and their defense is young and talented. So I, I think there's there's a little bit of hope for the Panthers this year. Not that they're going to be a Super Bowl team by any means, but I don't necessarily think they're going to be as bad as a lot of people are predicting. Absolutely, I agree. All right, and then next on your list here, uh, Patriots. No real offensive coordinator. Who is calling the plays there? Obviously, Josh McDaniels moved on, went to the Raiders as their head coach. 
Well, it's a mix between Matt, Patricia, and Joe Judge. Right. And then I think what's going to happen throughout the season is Bill Belichick's going to let those two call the plays for most of the game. But I, I think the last four or five minutes of each half, I think Belichick's going to take over as the okay. play caller. And I think he's going to let those two battle it out, so to speak, see who's better, uh, see who Mac Jones gets gets along with. And then in the, in the time being, I think he's going to be the situational guy the last four minutes or so of each half, which we understand. That's that's crunch time. So I, I see a lot of which even under Josh McDaniels, don't kid yourself. Bill Belichick uh, okay's all those calls. I mean, he's you know I, I would sure think he probably all he probably okay's all the calls. But Josh McDaniels was one of the great offense coordinators in league right. history. So he it took him a while to gain Bill's trust. Don't get me wrong. What I I hear a lot of talking heads on you know on TV say, well, it's Bill Belichick. You got to give him the benefit of the doubt. I get that. Grace coach of all time. Here's here's some things I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on. Defense, special teams, not turning the ball over, being situationally sound and not committing penalties. I'll give Bill Belichick the benefit of the doubt on all that. But as far as not having an offensive coordinator and him calling plays, I, I, I'm going to wait to see it. Well, I agree. And then the other thing that I would give him is how to build a team and keep a team going. You know, he, he, he knows better than anybody when to get somebody and when to let somebody go and to put the best team he can out there. That's not always having the best players, but the best team out there. And, and I agree. I mean, you look at, you know, Matt Patricia, Pat Patricia and Joe judge, that's two of the bigger flops as head coaches in, in recent history. Now, obviously they're both great under Bill Belichick. And that's why they got those opportunities as head coaches, um, much like, you know, all the assistants under Nick Saban. Everybody wants that next Nick Saban. None of them are. And now they're and, and he is. And obviously Belichick believes in them and understands and they know the Patriot way, because it seems like when you leave, if you get fired, it doesn't work out. They all go back. Josh McDaniels obviously went to Denver Broncos and went back and had you know, a great relationship and was able to go back, um, you know, as for everything that we knew he was going to go to the Indianapolis Colts. Some reason he made it, changed his mind and went back to the Patriots. Um, you know, Belichick is, is loyal. If you're in that little circle, he's loyal. Um, and he's going to give those guys all everything he can, uh, but they still have to win football games. Yeah, that's not a bad little circle to be involved with when no. you got Bill Belichick uh, having your back, like you said. So, I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna adapt and change as the season goes on. I mean, every team does that, but this is pretty unique. Uh, and for Mac Jones, I, I just worry about him a little bit being a second-year quarterback, really not knowing who's the guy. Uh, again, Bill Belichick's the greatest coach of all time, so it'll probably work out. But I do have some concerns as far as that goes. And I don't think it's just going to be as smooth as a lot of people are making it sound to be. And, and those guys, both Joe Judge and, and Matt Patrician, they're not offensive coordinators by trade, right? No, uh, Matt Patricia was a defense coordinator. Joe Judge. He was a special, special teams, teams guy. But I, I, I believe he played wide receiver at Arkansas. So I, I right. think he knows offense a little. Right. But I, but I think he was the special teams coordinator, you know, overall. I mean, that's Correct. kind of his. Yeah. Correct. So, so it's not like these guys were the offensive coordinator in college or at a pro or, or like Josh McDaniels that was the offensive coordinator, left to be the head coach, came back as the offensive coordinator. It's not that situation. Yeah, and a lot of – probably a lot of people don't understand, and you do because you coach football, but just because you're calling plays, you don't have 20, 30, 40 seconds to get a play in. You've got five no. to eight seconds. you got to be – and you got to be thinking two or three plays ahead. Yeah, what happens if the play works and doesn't work, and what what's the next? Because you don't have a lot of time. They got to huddle, they got to get to line, and in all those things. And, and you know, you know, and Josh McDaniels, don't kid yourself, was calling plays. But if, if something broke down in communication, or just something happened, Tom Brady would would get yourself get you in a good play, and you could live with whatever 
Tom Brady was going to call. Mm-hmm. Well, Mac Jones is a second-year guy. I don't know if you're going to live with him calling plays. Now, there are going to be certain times where he's going to call plays and everything, and that's okay. But mm-hmm. overall, you don't want Mac Jones calling an entire game, I don't think. You know, Tom, Tom Brady wasn't calling the plays in his first Super Bowl. Don't kid yourself. No, not by any means. I mean, you want your quarterback to step up in certain situations. Uh, if, you know, you can't get the play in because of the headset, all those type of things. And Mac Jones is, uh, by all accounts, smart enough to do that. But to your point, uh, when you got the greatest of all time behind center, Tom Brady, when Josh McDaniels is there, you, you can you can mess up here and there, and Tom Brady will bail you out. Right. Mac, Mac Jones might not be at that level quite yet. No, no but, oh, but, I mean, and this this is – you think about who Mac Jones has played for, Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. So if anybody's going to know football, it's him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those are the greatest college and NFL coach of all time. So, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see how the season plays out. I don't know who he's going to throw to uh, besides tight ends. Um, I just – I was thinking about this earlier, just a random thought. There's two teams that I think could be surprised top 10 NFL draft picks next year in the NFL draft. And I think it could either be the Patriots or the Titans to potentially find themselves there. But the problem is they both have really damn good coaches. Right. So that, I mean, Belichick alone is going to win five or six games minimum just because he's going to out-prepare the other teams. So I I just wonder about the, the Patriots offense and I wonder about Ryan Tannehill without A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry coming off an injury. The right. AFC is loaded, which we'll probably get into at some point, either tonight or a week or two down the line. But there's probably going to be a surprise team next year in the top 10 of the draft or so. And I almost wonder if it's one of those two. Right, because I was listening to some people. Um, they're, I don't know, like 18 out of the last 20 years or 19 out of the last 20 years. There is always a team that goes from worst to first in their division. And then there's also those teams, obviously, if that happens, there's teams that go from like first to worst. And if I had to pick one of those teams, uh, uh, the Patriots or Titans, to not live up to expectations, I think it's the Titans. I just don't see – I just see them falling a little bit. I kind of do too. And the problem is the Colts get Matt Ryan, which is – a which is a more trustworthy quarterback. And then I, I've actually liked Davis Mills a little bit. The Houston Texans, the more I've looked into him, they hired Lovey Smith. Uh, Lovey's one in the league. And the Jaguars, by all accounts, should be better. I don't know how you could be any worse going from uh, the clown show of, of Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson, who's an NFL lifer, uh, right. same as Lovey Smith. So I think that divisions, those other three teams are going to be a lot better. But yeah, I, I could see the Titans maybe being one of those surprise teams that kind of flops. And every year there's a couple teams that do better than we think and a couple that, that do worse than we think. So I, I think the Titans might be that might be that team coming up. Even though Vrabel's one hell of a coach. It's it's tough yeah, and, to say that, but and, and Vrabel comes off that same tree, you know. Um played for the Patriots, you know. So he, he comes off that same tree. One of the few successful ones. Yep. Let's take a quick break here, and we'll be right back with uh, our our last uh, kind of segment here, last few things here on the NFL. Sounds good. All right. And now kind of for the last few topics here, we're going to move on to Tom Brady, former Patriots quarterback, came back today from his personal hiatus. You know, kind of the joke is that uh, he retired. Then he decided, I don't want to be at home. And now Giselle said, come back for a few weeks during camp because you need to be at home. And now he's back. Uh, but that really isn't the biggest story, uh, is his break. Uh, the biggest biggest story, I'll let you talk about it, Trev, but it is him and Gronk possibly going to the Raiders a few years ago. Yeah, uh, according to Dana White on the Gronk show, and, and Gronk didn't deny it by any means, it sounds like they were almost Raiders, very, very close to being. They were looking at homes, and Gruden put his foot down and said no. Uh, a lot of people are giving Gruden hell, which 
probably rightfully so, but at the same time, you kind of understand it to an extent. Brady and Gronk were both older players. You had to question how much they had left. Well, obviously, we see when they go to Tampa, they won a Super Bowl their first year. They had plenty left. Now, would that have happened in with the Raiders? Who knows? Uh, you know, we'll, we'll never know that, obviously. But, yeah, pretty big story. I mean, Brady's back. I've seen some people comment online how Brady's, you know, kind of being a piece of crap or whatever for not being a camp. It's like if you play as long as Brady has and you're no. the GOAT, you don't need to be there. No. If you need a couple of weeks to go hang out with your wife and kids because you promised them like a vacation or something, who cares? Just you got the golden ticket. Just be happy Brady's your quarterback and, and shut up and go practice. Like Brady's put in his time. He's taken, you know, pay cuts, sort of speaking. Um, right. So Brady can do whatever he wants. Yeah, Brady's been to like one-sixth of every Super Bowl in the history of the NFL. Uh, yeah. He, he, he can be – he can do what he – he can do whatever he wants um, compared to other people. And if people have a problem with it, he can just show his rings and say, shut up. Yeah, that, that's basically right. So I, I have no problem with it. He's older. We're seeing more teams just in general not playing older players in practice preseason which I think is smart. Listen, so, to, so gotta... just kind of on that same top, we'll get back to Brady here in just a second, mm -hmm. but what do you think of, you know, the teams that play their starter one series or five plays versus the people that the teams that don't even suit their guys up? Well, that Aaron Rodgers spoke on that. And I wonder if that's why you're bringing it up, but uh, I'd rather not even suit them up if they're just going to play five plays. Like, I I mean, if, if they're legit starters and they've been in the league. Yeah. So, like, an Aaron Rodgers, I don't need to see Aaron Rodgers going, even though he's got new receivers. So, right. this year is different. I don't need Aaron Rodgers out there for five plays and potentially one, a guy runs into his knee and tears his ACL and he's done for the year. I Rodgers is a vet. Uh, I've got my issues with Rodgers. He's a little different. Um, but he knows what he's doing. Like, he right. doesn't need to be out there for five plays, in my opinion. Nope. Uh, that, that, that's just my look at it. Um, if you are going to play starters, play them for a couple of series, maybe a quarter. Uh, I love Andy Reid to death, but I didn't really like Patrick Mahomes playing <laughs> multiple series the other night. Right. Uh, now, he again, he's got new receivers. So Andy Reid's kind of old school in that aspect. He's new school in play calling, but he's old school as far as the preseason goes. So th there's a mix. I think we're going to get more and more to uh, less and less starters playing and uh, more of the joint practices. I, I think the coaches prefer that because it's more of a controlled environment. Right. And and don't kid yourself. These these preseason season games are controlled too. Kind of kind of on that same topic. Um, is it Kevin Thibodeau, the the yeah defensive end for the, the Giants? Uh, Randy Moss's kid. I can't remember his first name, but his Randy Moss's kid comes across to block him and goes right at his knee and people are having a hard time with this. I agree with that. It was a really bad look, but I'm going to blame preseason football for that and blame both of those guys because I was always taught this and I truly believe this. If you go hard every play, you won't get hurt. You will get hurt when you don't go hard. If you watch that block, both of those guys kind of turned. Yep. And didn't didn't want to hit each other. If they, you know, like don't get in, in September 17th, the first week of the season, second week of the season, that is a big collision. You know, one of them wins, one of them loses, that's fine. But no hits, no hurt, no injuries, most likely. I'm not saying you can get hurt on every play, but it's just a good hit. It's a good solid football play, and it's a deal. But they both knew this was preseason. They know what they're supposed to do. He's supposed to hit it with his inside shoulder. The guy's supposed to dig him out, but they did not want to do the big collision. So they both slowed down and they both kind of turn. And that's when people get hurt and that's when it looks bad. So I really blame football for that. And then just both guys not going hard. I agree with you. Uh, Mark Schlereth, Darius Butler and AJ Hawk all came out and said it was not a dirty hit. No. Uh, it's legal and it, it, and it looked bad. I don't care. It did look it bad looked, originally. Yes. 
But it, it, like you said, originally AJ Hawk broke the play down because he used to play linebacker. It was kind of good to hear from his perspective. He said there was a guy in motion and Thibodeau had like a split second of hesitation and he planned his right leg. And then he sees Riley Moss coming at him or uh, not really. I'm thinking of the Iowa defense back, but yes, yeah. Randy Moss's son. And, yeah. I can't remember his first name. It's Randy Moss's son. Yes. Yes. And as they were saying on the show, what should have happened when Moss went to throw the block, kind of dive, Thibodeau should have put his hands kind of on the helmet or the shoulder yep. of, and then kind of kicked his legs out. You yep. know, kind of like a wrestling move. Yep. Um, but he left his foot planted in the ground. And it, it was one of those things, like you said, it's preseason. There was a hesitation and both guys didn't really know what to do. And that's when these ugly injuries happen. So uh, technically per the rules, it's a legal play. There's a lot of people coming out, Rich Eisen, saying that he need to be suspended and fined, and all these former players like, no, shut up. This happens several times a game. And then yeah. Brian Dayball, uh, the head coach of the Giants, comes out and says, hey, uh, we run several plays like this every game. So let's – he yeah. kind of almost defended Moss in a way. Like, right. let's calm it, down here a little bit. It, it looked awful, and, and I don't think he got hurt very bad. I mean, it's not like it's going to be a season-ending knee injury. Or, I'm sure it didn't feel good. But I, I truly believe that if this was on a, a regular season game, that hit does not happen that way. Agreed. And they're saying three to four weeks, so they're optimistic that he can maybe be back for week one. Uh, you know, it's an MCL sprain. So right. if he's not, keep him out two, three weeks, whatever. It's not the end of yep. the world. Giants are rebuilding. So at least it's not an ACL tear or complete tear of the muscles. So he's not out for the season. When I first saw it, I thought he's done for the year. That was my initial yeah, thought. Yeah, I'd say it looked bad. I mean, yeah, it, it, it did. Uh, but, no, he sounds like three to four weeks as of right now. So, um, yeah, that, that that's part of the preseason stuff, too, is, you know, how hard do you go? How much effort do you give? Those guys, Moss was a late-round draft pick, I think, or even undrafted. Yeah. Uh, Thibodeau was uh, a top-ten pick. So, it, there's always that that mixture of – of guys that are going to give a little bit more effort. Some they're going to give a little less. And like you said, a lot of times that's where the injuries pop up. Yeah. That's what, I mean, I I'll be the first to say this. If you don't go hard in football, that is when you get hurt. If, if you just get it, that's why a lot of times, and, and we all see this, a guy just gets smoked, you know, on the sideline or whatever, but if they're both going hard and, you know, one guy happens to be up off the ground and one guy's coming on the ground and the guy gets, you know, seems like hit three rows into the seats, but he pops right back up because both guys are going hard. It's just happened to be the physics of it. And one guy may be bigger than the other, but it doesn't really hurt. It's just football. That's why they're all wearing the pads. It mm -hmm. looked worse than it was, you know, and, and I truly believe that you go hard. You're not going to get hurt very often in football. You can, but if you go hard and you hit the way you're supposed to hit in football, it, it's it's pretty safe. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely agree with you on that. I mean, it's not bulletproof, but I, I do agree that going hard uh, is going to reduce your risk of injury rather than being hesitant or standing around. When you're standing around looking, and that that's when you get hit in the knee, the head, yep. you know, all those sort of things. So. Yes, hustling is not uh, bulletproof for 100%, but it's a lot better than just standing around, uh, you know, like what you're saying. So I agree with you on that one. That was a heck of a play right here by a Falcon defensive back. Essentially just took it right out of a Jets receiver for an interception. That was a great play there. Um, and, and this just goes to show you how crazy we are. I don't watch any baseball. I don't watch a lot of basketball this time of year. I'll watch playoff baseball. And I'll follow it on my phone a little bit. But I'm watching preseason football between the Atlanta Falcons and New York Jets. <laughs> I know I said this last year, and I can't remember if I said it the year before, but I've watched a ton of preseason NFL. I can't get enough of it. I'm just – I'm glad – like I said last week when we talked uh, before we did our college, I'm just glad to have football back on the TV. I, I, I love it. There's a lot of rookies I'm interested in the backup quarterbacks, rookies, or second-year guys. Like, I don't know. There's a lot that interests me. All right. Let's, and that, that's kind of our next and, and probably really last topic here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, some big uh, 
some rookies that you you like or maybe don't like? Yeah, well, I mean, there's there's a ton, but we're going to stick to about uh, six that I've written down here. Two for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Obviously, the main one is Kenny Pickett. He's getting a lot of media attention, and rightfully so. He's played very well in the preseason, even though he's only completing about five yards, a little over five yards as an attempt. That's not going to get it done long term in the NFL. But the Steelers are taking the right approach. Uh, we spoke about it earlier this year. I love the Steelers roster. I love them to win a division at you know plus nine fifty or whatever they're at now. Probably better now that Deshaun's been suspended. But Kenny Pickett looked good. Um, my guy that I bragged about, George Pickens, who I thought was going to be the best receiver out of the draft, all accounts is he's looking like the real deal. He's still got to prove it in the regular season, but uh, all the reports out of camp, he's tearing it up. That one preseason game, he had two amazing catches. So, the and, you know, Pittsburgh, they just draft receivers well. I don't know how they do it, but they just do it. They, they just draft well. They build a team well. They just they don't really lose. I, I I saw like a graphic or whatever that had the last losing season of every team. Most of them are within the last five years. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a couple that are maybe eight to ten years, whatever. Um, but then you go to the Steelers, 2003, almost 20 years. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty impressive. Uh, so they look like they got a couple guys there. Their defense will arguably be the best defense in the league. They're deep at receiver. They got Pat Fryermuth at tight end, who I like. Najee Harris at running back. Trubisky or Kenny Pickett, quarterback, whoever's going to be. The offense line is is the question. But, man, I like what Pittsburgh's got going. I I, I think they're an underrated team. So we'll we'll see. Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. Uh, but those those are two rookies for for the Steelers that are standing out and got a few more listed. Unfortunately, not any on your Bears as of right now. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll get in them late, maybe next week or something. But Lance McCutcheon, uh, Montana State, a receiver for the Rams. He's been tearing it up in the preseason, undrafted, free agent. So looks like the Ram, everyone makes fun of the Rams for trading away their draft picks. 15 of their 22 starters in the Super Bowl they drafted. They just don't draft in the first or second round very often. But they do one hell of a job. Three through three through seven are undrafted free agents. So Lance McCutcheon, you fantasy people out there, that's a guy to keep an eye on. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, Green Bay receiver out of Nevada. He was like a third or fourth round pick. Uh, he looks like the best receiver that they've drafted. So uh, that's a guy to keep an eye on. And then just a few more. George Karloftis, edge rusher out of Purdue for um, Kansas City. He has a couple sacks on the season already. Again, it's preseason. I know people make fun of preseason, but my comment always is I'd rather have the rookies look good or the young players look good rather than look bad. I don't think that's anything, you know, crazy to say. Yeah, yeah, you you don't want – yeah, you want them to look good. It, it, it won't necessarily turn into production and a great teamer, but, yeah, if they come out and look bad right away, that's just a bad, bad look. Yeah, I mean, exactly. So, I mean, just because they look good in preseason doesn't mean it's going to translate to the regular season, but I'd prefer that over looking bad, obviously. So, uh, George Kalaftis looking good. Uh, Desmond Ritter, who played tonight for the Falcons, the quarterback, who I really liked. He's had back-to-back good games. Again, it's against second, third, and fourth stringers. Will that translate to the real game? We'll see. And then kind of moving will, into will, our, will he be the guy or will they go with Mariota? Right now, Mariota's slate is a start, but as we know with Mariota, he gets hurt a lot. So right. I think I think Riddler's gonna play this year without question, just out of default, because Mariota's probably gonna get hurt at, at some point. So uh Riddler's look really good. Uh maybe maybe he does earn the starting role. I, I that I don't know, but I think regardless, he is going to play this year just because Marcus has an injury history, just out of that factor. And then the last little thing real quick, Hard Knocks. I know you haven't watched it. Yep. Uh, MCDC, Motor City, Dan Campbell. He's bringing a whole new little environment to uh, to Detroit. It's been a long time uh, since I've <laughs> anything positive to say about the Lions, but they have a young linebacker called, uh, or his name is Malcolm Rodriguez. 
and this guy looks like a thumper. Uh, he, he's, he's out of Oklahoma State. Yes, yes, and uh, he he is tearing it up. Kelvin Shepard, who's a linebacker coach, he he played in the league for like nine years, the NFL, and he he chewed out the linebacking core in a team meeting on episode two. He's like, I'm trying to do everything I can to keep this guy off the field ahead of you guys that are veterans. He's like, but if he's better, he's better. And this guy, he makes plays. So that's a guy to keep an eye on as far as the defense goes. Aiden Hutchinson looks like the dude. Uh, all the coaches are excited about him, like in the meetings. Uh, so it looks like Aiden was was probably the right pick. And as far as the Lions go, just real quick as, as we're ending here, I think they're going to have the best O-line in the entire league. They got Hawkinson at tight end. I think they're about as deep at wide receiver as about any team in the league. They have adequate running back, so it's going to come down to can Jared Goff elevate his game, and how will the defense be? Not yeah, saying they're going to go win a Super Bowl, but I think they're going to be a pretty damn good team. Yeah, and, and everybody forgets that Jared Goff took the Rams to a Super Bowl. People forget that. Yeah, you know, like it never happened. Right. I mean, it, it wasn't, you know, you know, is Matthew Stafford better than Jared Goff? Yes. And that's why the Rams traded it for him. But it's not like Goff is hasn't done anything and, and wasn't an adequate quarterback. You know, it wasn't what was uh Rosen. It, it wasn't like, you know, he was a yeah. Rosen that that never panned out after being a top 10 pick that just couldn't stay on a team and and hadn't won and anything. Jared Goff was on a good team and, you know, was okay. And, and that's why the that's why the Lions were probably okay with making the trade because they knew they were getting probably adequate quarterback. Though. Yeah, about top fifth, you know, probably 13 to 18 quarterback in the NFL. Here's my you opinion know. on Jared Goff, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but when I think of the most average quarterback in the league, even though he took the Rams to the Super Bowl, I think of Jared Goff. Yeah, most most people think of Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is a little bit better, right, talent wise. But but your point being is, I mean, he's not he's no slouch by any means. No, no, he he would start for most teams in the NFL. Yeah, I mean he's he's fine. I mean he he doesn't have the personality though. He's kind of small. Right. He looks smaller. He's kind of got the quiet attitude to him. So I think a lot of people don't really root for him necessarily. But, I mean, he's he's played in the league uh, quite a while now, took a team to a Super Bowl, been to playoff playoffs multiple times. So if, if he can play it, you know, whatever, a B, B-plus level, whatever that means, uh, and their defense is okay, like I think they can win six, seven, eight games this year. Yeah, and that, that'll be a big improvement for the Lions. You know, are they the worst team in the last 20 years in the NFL? Yeah, they're right up there. Yeah, I'd say if they're not, they're, they're number two or three. Yeah, and until the recent Browns history, uh, yeah, I mean, them, you know, the Jaguars have played in, I think, three AFC championship games, right. or at least two for sure. Uh, so, I mean, you pick it how you want. But, yeah, I mean – Hard Knocks is kind of fun. I'm rooting for uh, Dan Campbell and those guys. Uh, it, you know, the next episode is going to air tomorrow night. I think we got three more. So um, that's just kind of the little NFL update. I know we're going to do our official predictions, like I said, two or three days before the before the first game. And we're only 17 days away from, from the first NFL game. And Saturday we got college. So it's here. Yep, absolutely. Well, let's kind of wrap this up. Anything else you want to add, Trev? You just kind of you kind of said it. You know, we're we're less than a week away from college. Uh, you know, a week and a half away from everybody really starting in college, and then that next week is the NFL. Yeah, no, not a lot, not a lot more to add. I uh, the only thing I will say is I pulled out my notebook from last season, and it was every page was filled with notes and my bets and my spreads. So. I got to run down the store tomorrow and buy a new one because I uh, go. got to keep track of the spreads this year and the little bets. And we'll, uh, like I said, we'll make our predictions like we do every year and yep. we'll look back and laugh on it. Just kind of like we did the Urban Meyer thing. <laughs> yeah. And and he's back with Fox. I mean, it was kind of the worst kept secret, uh, but they officially announced it 
And he was, and we've talked about this. He was good on that show. Um, the only thing that'll be interesting is if they really talk about his year with the Jaguars at all, or they just literally pretend it never happened. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I'd be interested to see if they bring it up. Cause I don't, I don't know if he could mentally handle it uh, after all right. this stuff that came out at Jacksonville. I mean, I would like to see if somebody brings it up and what his response is, but right. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, you he's also think he the, has to address it, but yet maybe not, you know, like, like just, almost like the opening, you know, first segment, give him five minutes, even if it's a prepared thing. I mean, I'd rather see him do it like live or right there, but even if it's a prepared thing, Hey, you know, I let everybody down. I, I wasn't committed to the same things I was before and, you know, whatever it is that he says, but I just have a feeling they're just going to like pretend it never happened. I agree. I, I think if he addresses it right out of the right out of the gate, like you said, people will appreciate that more. But no one urban, like how I don't think he has the the guts to do that. Right. But on the show though, like we said, he is really good at that. Oh yeah. I, I, I'm actually excited for because like he knows football and he knows college football. You know, and that that's where it might just, you know, come down to is hey, I got myself into the NFL and I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, it, I mean, I could hear him saying that, and I, I would believe him. I mean, it, it really, I think, you know, he thought it would work. He goes, but I could see him saying, oh, boy, it didn't work. And and I realized it really, you know, pretty quickly, and I made some mistakes, and and I, and I would believe him. I mean, I, I truly thought he thought his way would work, and obviously it didn't. Yep, the NFL will chew you up and spit you out in a hurry. So Urban found it out the hard way. Uh I am looking forward to him being back on that show and it's nice to kind of get back into our routine here. We'll be talking almost weekly. Yep. So look, looking forward to this football season. Absolutely. All right. Thanks. Have a good week, Trev. And we'll talk next week. All right. You have a good night.